You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 419. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash EP419. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, Amy E. Smith. Amy here, and I am thrilled to bring you another episode. Today, we're going to be discussing intuition. And I have to say, of all of the personal develop- development topics that I've discussed with clients and students over the years, intuition is perhaps one of the stickiest and, as a practitioner, one of the hardest to create a formula or a process around because it's intuitive, right? It's something that we all tap into. And for many of us, we've been kind of taught to not listen to our intuition. We've been told to put our faith, our hope, all of our eggs in somebody else's basket where we're constantly looking to logic, reason, rationale, this teacher, that particular religion or, you know, our parents or what society says. So we're always looking for the solution and the answer outside of ourselves. And we live in a culture that doesn't really amplify and encourage us to look within. And for many of us, and and I'm sure you can relate to this, it's really difficult to know when is my intuition talking to me? I can't quite decipher is this is this fear? Is this my inner critic? Is this is what I'm feeling telling me to go for it or go away from it? Like abort mission, do not continue on. And I find that it's a real nuanced piece of personal development. So I definitely wanted to dial up an expert on this this particular topic. And I knew exactly who I wanted to call. If you are not familiar with Laren Alta, she is an unbelievable powerhouse. And I feel so incredibly grateful to be analogous to her. We are both in a a group of four women that we meet together and support one another every couple of weeks. And as I've gotten to know her, it is really clear that she is quite the authority on intuition. So I'm going to give her a call, see if I can catch her. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I can get her. But uh, let me tell you just a little bit about her. She has over 20 years experience teaching classes, workshops, and leading retreats that help people align their selves and their souls so that they can live their true purpose and share their spiritual gifts with the world. This woman has traveled 24 countries. She's worked with medicine men, women, spiritual teachers, mystics, gurus, and guides, and uh, from all different types of spiritual paths and practices. She also hosts Black Girl Mystic Podcast, and this particular podcast features black women, femme healers, spiritual teachers, modern day mystics who are changing the world 
by living their soul's calling. So we are going to jump into this conversation with Laren all about intuition, spirituality, religion, power. I think you'll find it quite interesting. And I will put an additional podcast that I did quite a while ago around listening to your intuition into the show notes if you want some additional thoughts and commentary on this particular topic. So be sure to check that out. And in addition, if you are interested in working in personal development a little bit more, maybe there's something going on in your life, you're struggling with a separation or a divorce or a breakup, or maybe you are in transition around starting a new career path or feeling really stuck. Maybe you've checked off all the boxes, but you're looking around going, what the fuck? I'm not happy. There's a reason for that. A lot of times it comes down to how you view yourself and how you feel about your own value and self-worth. And when we aren't anchored in that true enoughness, we tend to turn to other types of behaviors to get that worthiness. Things like people-pleasing, perfectionism, control, isolation. We try to pull in our worthiness. We try to hunt or outsource our worthiness. So if that's you and you are fucking done and you know that you can't go into 2022 with the same bullshit patterns and it's kind of hurting a little too much to stay the same, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I have put together a masterclass of five things that you need to do in order to shift and get yourself into this space where you genuinely believe that you you matter and that you're enough and you're worthy. So have a pen and paper handy. And at the very end of this complimentary workshop, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team if you want to talk about the work that I do in Deep Down and Dirty, which is wildly transformative and can shift these things in such a massive way where all of your relationships change, but most importantly, how you view yourself changes. So check out the show notes for all of the information on Laren, how beautiful and incredible her work is in the world. Check out the additional resources and also be sure to grab a seat in that workshop. All right. So let me see if I can get Laren on the phone. Let's give her a call. Hello. Laren. Hey, it's Amy. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh my gosh. I'm fantastic. And listen, I'm I'm over here with the audience and we have been uh, wanting to dig into stuff around intuition. And I thought mm. I have got to call Laren. She's got all, all the goods on <laughs> intuition. So do you have a handful of minutes where I can ask you some questions? Sure. I was just getting ready to walk my pet alligator Herbert, but I am happy to sit down with you. Her- yes. How is Herb? He is, you know, just great living his best life in the sunshine. <laughs> just loving it. Herbie. Well, send my love. Uh, I will. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you have a minute to talk. I, I know that you've been working on a pretty big community around black girl mystic. Mm-hmm. And it really got me thinking, how would you even define a mystic? Is it the 
the sense of one who studies mysticism? Is it like, how, how would you define it? I define a mystic as someone who knows that there is no separation between them and the divine, them and the creator, them, then the, all that is, and lives in that in between space, who lives in that numinous, in the place of not having to have everything be intellectualized, but really living from the center of their soul. I love that. There's, uh, there's something that I often call the cognitive override, where it's sort of the, the way in which we override our intuition and mm-hmm. that we've got sort of this internal compass already there, but then we do all the rationalization and the logic and the reason, and we negate intuition. And that seems like that's being a mystic is, is the antithesis of that, of actually looking at what is my, what's the guidance that I have for my intuition? Well, I would even take it to the next step. It's not even looking at, it's just being present to, it's not even investigating. It's not needing to know. I think that's the, it's, it's being in complete devotion and surrender to, but not from an intellectual place, but in just a like, use me. Mm. So letting source move through without having to even analyze or define that. That's how I think of mysticism as being a channel, really an open channel constantly. Like it's it's not even, con- I, I hesitate to say constantly even because constant means that there's like a non-constant, right. but it's just who you be and how you be is, is that. And do you ever find that people who are, who lean more towards logic and reason and rationale have a difficult time understanding what that means to be without that cognition? Yes, because I think, and I would say it's not that mystics don't use their brain, right? Like it's not that it's not that it's like not part partially there, but it doesn't, it's not the lens through which we define or see the world. And I think sometimes people who need to have a definition or structure or have things make sense in their linear cognition are often relying on their own brain's capacity or on their own understanding or on their own ability to foresee or anticipate or control, which can often be linked to ego, right? And that, that is what I would say is more the antithesis of just surrender, right? Like I don't, I have, my relationship with source is rooted in all about trust, Mm -hmm. only about trust and surrender and obedience. And I think those words can be super triggering for a lot of people, especially if they need to know, if they need to have the answers, they need to be in control, they need to manage. Um, and I don't have that, right? Like, so I think for me, it's really about a devotional practice that allows me to not have to be in charge or have the answers. Because when I thought I was running my life and had the answers, it was not cute. <laughs> it was not a, it didn't work. It didn't, it didn't actually work out the way I imagined. But as soon as I, could turn over and just be in surrender, trusting my intuition though. That's the distinction because I think some people, okay, this is a confession. This is a confession. Okay. Perfect. I have been diving deep into documentaries about cults. Yes, girl. (laughs) I love, love this shit. (laughs) And I think that's part of what, so when I say devotion, obedience, surrender, I don't mean to another human being, right? And that's part of what the cult thing happens is that like they think that this one person is embodying the divine and that they don't have it within them. 
that this person is the, the leader, this person is their teacher, and they surrender all of their intuition and their well-being and their logic and everything to the leader instead of to their own inner knowing, which is their intuition, and to, instead of to their own inner wisdom. And so that's what I think of when I think of um, mysticism. It's really about trusting your own inner knowing and surrendering to that. And that can be languaged all different kinds of ways, but ultimately that's what it boils down to. So were you, so I know you've, you've, you've surmounted just an unbelievable amount of hardship from loss to, you know, family of origins to all sorts of different things. Was your instinct always to turn within or is this something newer you've developed as an adult? Oh, no, no. This is, this is my thing because hardship to me, everyone has, right? Like it's part of life. I have also side by side, like lockstep with challenges, had an incredibly enchanted life, like always had a very um, miraculous and magical and tremendously amazing life. So, so it's not that I turned within as like a, to be rescued, right? Like as like, oh, I'm at the end of my rope. I need to find an answer. It's more like I knew that I wasn't living as optimally as I could have. I knew that there was something missing and that I thought I had the answers and I was spiritually arrogant. (laughs) That's what led me to surrender that I thought I knew how to do things. And like I said, you know, I didn't really, I knew how to do things within my own capacity but not within like the infinite possibility of all that is. And that's surrender. For me. And what was, what were the messages around spirituality or intuition or trusting yourself that you had growing up? Mm, I don't think I really had any messages about that, that I'm thinking, well, cause I know your hmm, family think- is just, a massive, it has a massive amount of academia and, you know, uh, lots of degrees. And I think of that being so much more uh, in the brain versus how I think versus how I feel sort of thing. Yes. I mean, so, but I also grew up in a church, in the church, in the black church. Mm -hmm. And so that was happening simultaneously. I grew up in church. My parents grew up in the church. My grandparents grew up like, so we all come from a deeply, a spiritual slash religious background where it wasn't just relying on our intellect or our brain, even though that was a value. But I think the value, especially, you know, my, my parents, everyone comes from the, the South, the rural South. And that was like a tool for liberation and freedom was education, yes. not necessarily for self um, importance, sure. but more so like educating to get out of the segregation and Jim Crow and all of that. Um, but they also, you know, were raised in the church. And so the, it wasn't the conversation that I grew up with and that I'm sure my, my parents and grandparents grew up with wasn't as much about intuition as it was about knowing there was something bigger than you and trusting mm-hmm. it and, tr- and relying on that. And so that's kind of where more where it came from. Um, but in terms of intuition, no, I don't even think that was a, a language. Right. I'm trying to think, cause I don't want to like, undersell my family, but I don't, I don't think that we talked about that at all. No. Well, I think that can also be a generational thing too. Like I, I, I feel like for so many families, it was 
how do you make the American dream happen, right? And there's definitely different implications depending on uh, your marginalized identities. But there was just the, here's how we get ahead, right? Here's here's how we survive, right? And it was almost like a luxury to really tap into intuition, right? So, yeah. um, but I'm really fascinated by this topic, Laren, because as many people who listen to the show know, I grew up in an extremely dogmatic, born-again Christian family. Uh, my father had a master's in divinity and a doctorate in ministry. And... I mean, was not fucking around when it came to that. And so a majority of my experience with the spiritual was one of hell and damnation and riddled Mm. with guilt and fear. And very much to your point of the answer is outside of yourself. Like you don't have it. In fact, you are, you are flawed and broken and you need saving and, um, if you don't obey, if you don't fall in line and comply with a, a, a dogma that was an unbelievably misogynistic, then you will suffer in all eternity, right? Not to mention there's no room for queer, there's no room for, you know, a, a bevy of different identities. So, uh, you know, and I was sharing with you prior to us recording, it, it was only even a couple of years ago where I could even say the word God without recoiling because it, it had such a negative connotation to me because of how I, what I experienced. But on the flip side, I fully embrace this piece of intuition. And I, I feel like in my personal experience, the intuition piece was bred out. And I think that's a lot of what happens in, in cults is no, I mean, it's even a biblical quote, lean not on your own understanding, like lean not on your own intuition. At least that's how I always read it. My personal belief, and I'm really curious to hear what yours is, is that intuition is our God. It is our divinity and that we've all been given this internal compass to help guide us, but through capitalism and patriarchy and all these other systems of influence, we start to disregard it, not listen to it. So through all these sort of systems of influence, you know, we're taught don't listen to that intuition or don't cultivate it or rationalize and look, look to all of these other voices or so I'm curious for you also having that religious upbringing or an element of religion, how on earth do you reconcile all of that? Because for me, I find that it seems like some of the teachings are just directly in opposition with intuition. And maybe it's, I'm just not, I put it in that category, but curious your thoughts on that intersection. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said a lot of things that I think are really rich that I want to speak to, but one is I, I think of intuition as an access, like a channel as, as like a highway, as like a, a a phone line, essentially portal to, yeah, to, well, not a portal as much as like a stream of consciousness. Okay. So, so it's like something coming that, that you hold that because intuition is like inner knowing, right? It's like your inner wisdom. It's your inner knowing, but there's, it's only part of the, the mass, the not master, the 
being the big picture, mm-hmm. right? It's one way of, of tapping in. So I don't, I don't necessarily think of it as my God, but I think of it as a pipeline to the divine, to the creator. It's the voice of the creator speaking in as and through me. Okay. And so if I choose to listen to it, then it gives me access to, but I don't think of it as the all knowing. Like in other words, I know it allows me to access what I need to know in that moment, in that circumstance, in that thing, whatever, uh, for my, whatever it is, but that there's a, there's a bigger plan that I may not necessarily know all the ins and outs of, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that is the surrender for me, right? Like, it's like, that's the part that's the trust because I can trust my intuition and that's, and I feel totally satisfied with that. Like, I don't need to know why or how or who or what. Um, and so that, that's kind of the bigger picture for me that it's, it's not about so it kind of gives me access to what I think of as something bigger than me and my higher power source, all that. And that my job is only to listen to it, right? Like that's, that's my only job. And I think people often don't trust themselves because to your point, it gets indoctrinated out of them, mm-hmm. right? Like that they have to trust their parent or their preacher or society or the, 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 like all these externalized sources when really if they learn to listen to themselves and their intuition, they would actually be fine. But I think that's the harder road because we live in a society that doesn't value that, right? And so it's like, then you kind of stand out as an outlier. You become the, the weird person if you're just like, like, I'm trying to think of a good example for me, like, because it's so just how I live my life. And it, it didn't occur to me that, that it was different than how other people live their lives until people started telling me Mm -hmm. like, um, I just do what I want to (laughs) do essentially. Like I just do what I want to do. And when it feels right to me, and that's how I know I'm following my intuition or I'm in alignment with it because it feels right. right. Even if it doesn't make logical sense. Mm-hmm. When I start trying to do things that make logical sense, and even when they don't feel good, it never works. Right. And so that, but, but that's hard when we're told to conform and blend in and follow the rules and follow the leader and, and all of that. I feel like I'm, I'm getting away from your question. No, this is but great. I, but I, yeah, I wanted to name that kind of distinguishing point. Well, do you, so do you think that there's, so in your personal belief, because it's so hard for me to wrap my head around uh, source or I, I can get on board with universe. Cause to me, that feels very scientific, right? I have a very, very hard time thinking of a deity at all uh, because that's mm-hmm. so associated to me with sort of the Abrahamic, God of the Bible. Where do you fall with that? What 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 does God or source what does that actually mean to you? It's an important question because it has evolved over time, right? Like so I grew up in the church where it was a very anthropomorphic definition of God. Like it was a it was like a person, right, who made decisions, like Santa Claus, right? Like yes. who saw yes. things and judged things and made decisions. And that never made sense to me. It it was what I was taught, but I, it didn't really like feel like the whole picture, but I was going with it, you know. Now I think of it as something that actually can't be defined by words. Okay. Something that isn't, that the human concept doesn't actually fully grasp. And I think it's kind of arrogant for humans to think that we could, 
you know, like, so I don't even need to, I just know that there's something bigger than me, but there are things that I do draw from on the Bible, right? For example, like that it is omnipresent, mm-hmm. omnisatient, um, like all that it's all knowing it's everywhere present. Like that's good enough for me. And I don't think it has to be, I don't think of it as a human. So I don't think that it makes judgments like humans or has moods like humans mm-hmm. or emotions like humans. I think it is all that ever is and all that ever will be. And that we are all expressions of it. That life itself is an expression of the divine that li- that you and me and everyone listening and nature and the season, like everything is the divine in action. And so for me, that takes it out of having to make it make sense, because that means I get to trust the divine process of life that I get Mm -hmm. to show up and know that everything has its own cycle and its own order and including me and that I'm part of it. Like I'm not separate from, I'm not better than the animals or, you know, anything that I'm an active engaged part and that life is the divine in expression. So then that allows me to tap into the power of that, right? That allows me to tap into the abundance of that and the joy of that and the love of that and the peace of that and the whatever qualities of the divine that I want to embody, I get to actively and consciously choose to do that because that is who I be at my base. That is who I am at my core. And so there, and I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in the devil. Mm -hmm. I don't believe, I believe that there's one. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that there is a oneness to everything. And that is all that is. Yeah. And so then I get to just like take advantage of that and embody that as much as possible. But the way I know how to do that is by getting still and trusting my intuition. Like that's the how, not by listening to other people tell me what to do, not by watching the news, you know, like saying the news telling me what life is. I get to drop in and trust that all is well, and then listen to my intuition about how, who, who I get to be and how I get to show up. I really like hearing different definitions of what God might mean to people. And the, the way in which I grew up and what the way I was taught, it was extremely black and white. There was not much mobility at all. And so the idea of to, to say like, okay, I'm on board with the omnipresent, omnipresent, I'm on board with all knowing, but I'm not on board with hell (laughs) or, you know, like these, that sort of expanse and that freedom, I think is really cool. I think at least when I deconstructed, which was about 20 years ago, or so maybe even maybe 25 years ago, when I really actively said, I'm no longer going to follow the faith that I was raised in. I felt for, well, I felt really lied to in a lot of ways, but we don't need to get into that. But I, I felt a strong pull that I needed to have something else to feel, fill that space, fill that identity really. And I mean, granted I was young, I was like 18 because that came from a place of, I need to defend my stance that I don't believe what you believe anymore so I need to have a new thing to say, I'm this. So I felt this pull of like, I need to define my own spirituality. I need a name for it. And then I kind of realized, oh, okay. I can be kind of an agnostic. I can also be an atheist. I can be both. I can, you know, see spirituality in a lot of other places. So yeah, I, I just love hearing such an expansive and really intuitive version of 
how you view God. Because the thing is, if we're going to say that God is omnipresent, then that means God is in hell, right? Like, then that means God is everywhere. If that's what we're, if we're going to define it like that, right? Then if it means it's in every person. Now, there's some people that's harder for me to see. That's <laughs> but, but I don't have to see it. I can just trust that it's true, right? So that, I think that's the part of it. Like, if we take these, these kind of like seed beliefs, like omnipotence or um, um, satians, like to the full out extent, that means there is nowhere that spirit is not. There is nowhere that source is not. It, it is everywhere and in everything. Then I can just trust that. And if it's all knowing while it's there, then I don't have to be. Right. I oftentimes will say there's just this element of grace with the universe where we don't have to have all the power necessarily. That's right. It's, and when you're describing it, it seems to me like it's almost like a plug that you kind of like plug in and you're like, oh, there it is. It's always there. I just need to tap into my intuition. And it's not even as much a plug because you're always plugged in. That's the thing. It's just about opening yourself to receive it. Yes. Got it. Because you you can't unplug yourself from who you are. You just have to surrender to receiving it so that you can recognize yourself. It's the difference between kind of turning away from it, ignoring it, or learning to tap in and hone it. Before we go too much further, I wanted to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Shocker, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a personal motto that if you think you don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is genuinely hard. The good news is therapy actually really does work. But what is it exactly? Well, it can truly be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling super motivated right now. Hello, who among us, right? And maybe you want some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or in your workplace, or maybe you're just not dealing with stress very well. Whatever it is that you need, it is time to stop being so ashamed of normal human struggles. It's time that you feel better because you deserve to be genuinely happy. And now you don't really have to worry about finding an in-person therapist that's near you or in your town because BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people, y'all, it's been over 2 million people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Joy Junkie Show podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash thejoyjunkie. That is betterhelp.com slash joy junkie. Now let's jump back into the show. So I'm curious, I know you have uh, an instance, which I think would be really helpful to, to share with everybody. The situation when you survived the avalanche, where your intuition yeah. was kind of pulling you one direction and every other logic and reason would have had you do it something else. Can you, can you share about that? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I was hiking, trekking, for three weeks in the Nepalese Himalayas and there was an avalanche. And initially this is just the way I like, I mean, it, 
I was like, let me pull out my camera and take a picture. Cause it's, I was just like, oh, there's some snow and rocks falling from this mountain. Let me, and then my intuition kicked in and was like, this is not space mountain. That is exactly right. how it came to me. This is not space mountain. You need to run. And wow. on one side was my, ahead of me was my porter, my, my guide and two behind me, I think it was behind me where my, were two porters who were not my porters. Okay. Like they weren't, I didn't know them. I had nothing to do with me. And I followed them. It was like a split second decision. I followed them. We running down this side of the, this mountain and like kind of fold it into the cave. This it's like, and it wasn't even a cave. It was like a little hole in the side. It's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a little hole under a little rock under the side of the mountain. And we were there, the snow and ice fell over us. And I don't know how long it was before we came out, but when we did, we, you know, got back on the path and continued hiking. And when I finally caught up with my guide, he was like, I'm so glad you didn't come with me because there was only room for one person where I hid. Mm. So I would have been, or he, someone would have been caught buried. Yeah. Yeah. And the avalanche. And so to me, that's uh, a great example of like, it's an extreme example, but I think sometimes we need extreme illustrations. It's like, I didn't have time. Well, I don't know these men. I can't, I, would it be safe for me to hide with them? That's all the logical brain, right? Like, that's all like, I, is that, I don't know. No, I should go with someone that make, that I've been trekking with that, you know, uh, that, that. no, I just dropped into what I knew and followed it. Yes. And then, and then I was safe. And I think that illustrates kind of what's possible in so many ways of our lives, but we often make choices out of conditioning, ex other people's expectations, societal norms. I mean, all these kinds of things, like from who we should marry, what job we should take, if we should stay married, yes. um, if we should have kids, if we shouldn't have kids, like so many decisions we make have actually nothing to do with who we are or what we truly believe or, or what we need for ourselves. It's about just this external expectations. Um, so I think when we learn to listen to ourselves and trust ourselves in any and all circumstances, that's when we really get liberation and freedom. The, that's such an incredible example because they, and I think people see this when it's more apparent in situations like this, where you have to make a speedy decision. Like you can't ruminate yeah. and do that fucking cognitive override over, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, this looks good on paper. Oh, this is a good, uh, all of that. But when you really, truly have to listen to that gut and mm -hmm. I'm curious what you would say, cause I can, I can hear everybody in the ether going, okay, that's great. I love this idea, but how the fuck do I start doing that? If it's not something that's natural to me, um, as far as it's been bred out, of course, it's all, it's, inherent and we all have it, but it feels like a struggle to turn to an intuition or, or a gut feeling when we're not used to heightening that sensation. We're not used to giving it as much credence. How do we start doing that? Yeah. I, and I don't even know if it's, a, if it's about heightening as, as much as it is about removing all of the other distractions. Okay. Because so it's really about getting still and quiet so that you can start to hear your voice. It's always there. It's always on. And so for me, I think meditation is the best practice for that. 
a daily meditation practice with nothing fancy. Yep. Like you don't need the, the, ch- the chimes or the tapes or the anything guided. I'm not saying guided meditation. I mean, sitting in a room with yourself and breathing. That's it. You could do that for five minutes a day, every morning, mm-hmm. and then build on that. So that you can start to learn to recognize your own voice, Yes. start to recognize what you sound like within your own body. That's before you pick up your phone, before you turn on the computer, before you start accommodating someone else's needs, whether that's your partner or your kids or whoever else, like just drop into your own self for five minutes in the morning, just for five minutes. And then you will start to reconnect to that silence within you. Uh, Deepak Chopra said something, I can't remember, but he said something in Seven Spiritual Laws of Success about meditation. He's like, even if you drop the Empire State Building into a choppy ocean, it would make no impact because the ocean is choppy. If you, if you, the ocean is your mind, right? So if you still the ocean, if you still the water and then you drop it, then it has the ripple effect, right? And so the stillness, you have to cultivate the stillness in order to really be able to listen to your intuition and to hear it. Cause it's not that it's not there. It's just that there's so much noise and chaos that you, you can't actually hear it anymore. So do you, do you ever ask specific questions in meditation? Like, what do I need to know or oh, show me my path? I don't. You don't. Okay. No, no, because it, it always is coming, right? There's always, when you live from that place of alignment, then there is no not knowing. There is no not knowing because you're just trusting that that's in front of you next. Last week on Tuesday, I went out to dinner with a, someone who I'd gone to college with. Okay. We hadn't seen each other in years and years and years. We went out to dinner, had a great dinner. And she said, you know, Zanzibar is one of the best places that I've ever been. I was like, I've always wanted to go to Zanzibar. Wednesday morning, I woke up and booked two weeks in the Airbnb in Zanzibar, leaving in two weeks. Wow. Thursday morning, I applied for my visa. Friday morning, I got my visa. Yesterday, I bought my ticket. That was very intuitive intuition led. Yes. For me. I wasn't sitting there analyzing it. I wasn't trying to figure out. I wasn't even, but but I had asked, been been asking for the last few weeks, where's my next place? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to go? What's the next thing? It wasn't like I needed to get that answer in that moment, but I was open and receptive to when the divine guidance dropped it in front of me. So sometimes it will come in a meditation, like Zanzibar. Right. And sometimes yeah. it'll, it'll be in conversation, right? Sometimes it'll be, but it's the, it's more than anything. It's the resonance that it has within me that I know it's the right answer. So that, that's the stillness that comes from the practice of stillness that I can recognize it. So someone could have said, oh, you know, Timbuktu is the best place I've ever been. And I would not have had that. It wouldn't have had that resonance with me. Right. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had that response. But when she said Zanzibar, I was like, huh, Zanzibar. And I woke up the next morning and knew I needed to go to Zanzibar. So that's the, an example of it. It wasn't like because it wasn't coming from a place of neediness or I don't have the answers. It was just like floating it out into the universe mm-hmm. and wait and being available when the answer presented itself. And then that's where the obedience comes in acting on it. So not overthinking it, not like Zanzibar. What are you not surveying my friends? Have you ever been to Zanzibar? What do you think about Zanzibar? I don't know. Is it dangerous? Is it safe? What are they doing? No, trusting it and, 
and then moving forward in that direction. That's really curious because I'm, I'm thinking about, I feel like I've had situations in my life where I felt like I was really following my intuition and where I needed to go. And then it ended up, it ended up not being good, not being a good situation. But even then I can still now reflect and look back at it and go, gosh, there were so many lessons I really needed to learn through that. But I, but I did genuinely think I was making the right choice. Like I felt called, I felt compelled. And so I think that's sometimes where I get sticky in this whole conversation is I'm like, I've, I have followed my intuition and it hasn't worked out well. Your thoughts. (laughs) Well, I, I think it's like moving away from the binary of good and bad, right? Okay. Like, for, for example, I was in Nepal, right? Trekking in the Himalayas. And if I had, if I had decided that I was going to make a binary out of this, I could have said, I followed my intuition and went to Nepal. And then I got stuck in the avalanche. That was not the right decision. Right. But it, but it's, it's actually, that's not, it's a, everything is always an opportunity to keep living, mm-hmm. keep learning, keep growing. So now it's like, oh, that's a good now I know something more about myself. Now I know something more about this. Now I'm confirmed. So it's not like a bad decision or a wrong decision. To your point, you grew and learned. And maybe that was the best way under those circumstances in that moment for you to grow and learn, right? And so it's, I think it's also giving ourselves permission to change our minds. Yes. So it's not, not like I made this decision. My intuition said this, so I have to stick it through to the very end. Sometimes that was just what you needed was to make that decision, go and be like, oh no, no, I've changed my mind and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, I think it's, that's grace too, giving us ourselves that permission to, to change our minds, to do something different, to like, let the, the, and it can't be small steps, you know, like it can be in, in other words, it's like not being really broad about it. I'll give another example. <laughs> so I, um, was somewhere. And my intuition was like, go get, this was this summer, go get watermelon slices at Whole Foods. Watermelon slices and pineapple juice at Whole Foods. So I went into Whole Foods and I bought something. And then it was like, it's go to Trader Joe's. Okay. So, and get watermelon slices and pineapple juice. So I was like, okay, well, this is the same direction, but, but I, again, am obedient. So I just went to Trader Joe's and I sat in the parking lot, listening to some song and I turned it off. And then I looked up and right in front of me and in the same parking lot was my college professor mentor who I hadn't seen. And I was in a different state in the city where I went to school, but I hadn't seen her. So I had just gotten there maybe three days before I hadn't seen her. We usually have dinner. So I we embraced, we had dinner a few weeks later, right? Um, talked for four hours. Fast forward, she had just bought a brand new house on two acres on a 400 acre golf course. And she was eventually, I've been living here for four months. Wow. In her house, but she's not even living in this brand new house. Yes. So I just like sped up the story. But that all happened in a sequence of, right? Like, it's like, go to Whole Foods. And the message, like, this is not about pineapple juice. Go to Trader Joe's. Then I sat in the, that, sat in the parking lot. Then my intuition said, look up. And there she was, right? Because if I'd gone, she was going to TJ Maxx. She was not going to Trader Joe's. So if I had gone in as soon as I parked, I would have missed her. So we, it's yes. just this, 
following a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be this, oh, I need to stay in Whole Foods all day and wait for a coconut to drop on my head with a message in a bottle right. that says, Marin, you will, be, you know, like it's, so it's just trusting it's that, and that's about the fine tuning your intuition so that you can listen to it at every moment mm-hmm. and then keep following it. I don't need to know what needs to know what the next step is. I just need to trust the process and trust that whenever the next step happens, I'll be ready for it. Yes. So cool. I, so I think I'm going to be switching up my, my morning meditation a little bit and just allowing. And I find, I find this concept so fascinating because I do think that in personal development, it's one of the, the questions that I hear from people all the time is how do I know if it's my intuition talking to me or my inner critic, you know? And I'm like, your inner critic is actually intuitive. It's actually a part of your body saying like, Hey, are we in danger right now? Are we like, how do we assess the situation and make sure that we're okay? Because our intuition tells us that we're in harm or in danger, you know? So I think it's, it can all get very conflated and we like to wrap it up with a nice tidy bow. And that's not always how it works. You know, I always say that personal development is called personal development for a reason because it's fucking personal and there, you can't (laughs) put it in all of these very linear, here's what it always sounds like. Here's what it always feels like. Cause it's very different. It's experiential. I really think of it like a sense, kind of like, like a sixth sense, like something that is, is difficult to describe. I've also heard people talk about like people who are clairvoyant or clairsentient or um, claircognizant and the way that they describe what, what it is that they're seeing, feeling, hearing is somewhat like that. It's like, we all have those abilities to tap in. It just, our society doesn't advocate for it, right? It doesn't tell us how to feel it. Yeah. I mean, and, and I would perhaps argue that it is consistent. Like your intuition is a part of you. It is, you'll, you'll know its voice in a sense. Mm. Like, you know how like babies know their, their parents' voice. Like you'll know that it's not, it's not going to sound all over the map. It's a very strong consistency, but it, I would distinguish it from like fear. Cause that's the question I hear a lot. How do you know your, is it, do it, is it intuition or is it fear? Mm -hmm. And it's like, your intuition has no attachment to outcome. Your intuition, your intuition has no goal, has no judgment. It's just saying, this is what's true. You can do with it what you will. But it, and your fear, your fear is like, no, this might happen. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? Like it's a, what if intuition is your inner knowing it already is clear, yeah. right? It's not, it, it's not attached to you doing anything differently. And I think the, the inner critic or intuition, I mean, a, can have a sense of fear, a sense of consequence, a sense of like, whereas your intuition does not, it is, it's just like, this is true. And, and I have very strong clairs, like mm-hmm. clairsations, clairvoyance. My clairvoyance is not as strong. Clairsation is my strongest. Mm-hmm. And so I just also trust that. Like, I don't need to, that it is my own barometer. Mm-hmm. It is my own way of knowing, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's clear, clear feeling. It's a clear sense, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the distinction, like clear knowing, clear seeing, clear feeling, like it's all, it's all clarity. Yeah. And when you can get clear about it and then trust it, 
so much of the other worry gets to dissolve really. So I'm thinking about a situation in particular when we were, I'm so curious what you would say about this. When we were looking for houses out here about two years ago and we were shopping around and we had, so the house that we live in right now, our street is called Turkey Oak. And I very distinctly remember when I was thinking about going through this whole process and we had put in the offer and we had a whole slew of issues and a massive like months of issues with the loan and the sellers and all sorts of stuff. But I do remember hearing a very clear voice that said to me, Turkey Oak is not for you. And it freaked me the fuck out because we all, we felt very much like this is our home. This is, yes, this is what we want to do. So I remember tossing it around with my coach and she said, I had a very similar situation in the house that we live in. And, and so we were, I, I don't know how to resolve that a little bit because it did feel like it came out of just thin air. It was uh, literal. It was not it was actual words I heard in my head and we definitely had some issues like getting into the house and things like that, but we've, we've been super happy and we love it here. And I walk around just relishing my home all the time and it's been an amazing experience. So I, I I'm like, ah, is that, was that my, was that fear? Screaming at me saying like, this is scary to do all of this. It, I, I had a very, very difficult time parsing out is what is that? What was that message? Any thoughts? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, I can't tell you because it happened inside of you, right? Like only, you know, because it was your experience. And so that's like where I would offer you and everyone listening to like own their own inner authority. Right. So it's like, even if you get that message and that felt true, and you chose to, to do something different, then, then, then you get to learn from that, right? Like that maybe if it's resonate, even if it's a sentence and da, 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 that if it, if it doesn't feel true, then it still doesn't make it true. Like you get, you get to still be your own authority around it, I see. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and analyze it. Okay. Because you get to decide, Okay. you get to decide. Cause at the end of the day, we're all deciding anyway, we're all making shit up. We're all just like, Yep. making it up, you know, like, so it's like, if you're going to make it up, might as well make up something that works for you. Yeah. And so if, if you're going to say, well, that voice came in and I distinguish, oh, that was like my mom's fear voice or whatever, whatever's true. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you're like, but I realized that I actually wanted to live there because that felt good to me. And that's what I chose. Then, then you get to honor that. Right. I don't think, again, there's like a binary around it unless you want to decide that there is. Right. I like that idea of having, having sort of the final say of like, okay, that's what came in. Is that a yes or a no? Or, or is it a maybe later? Or is it hold off till Monday is, you know, like having exactly that freedom. I really, so, okay, cool. I'm going to use that, make that up and use that. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is good. 
So I had a ton of other things that I wanted to talk to you about today, but before we end, I do want to, I want to ask you about the correlation between or the connection between intuition and abundance. Cause I know that's something that you speak about a lot and abundance being your birthright. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who get very caught up in and, and we do it in business too. Like, here's how you're supposed to make money. And I know you have a story about, you know, here's what a virtual business is supposed to look like. And you're like, that's not going to work for me. I need human connection. And so I'm, I'm wondering for people out there who possibly are struggling with both of these elements of manifesting and creating abundance in their life and also listening to intuition, how do you see those two things in connection with one another. Yeah, I, I think they're um, inextricably connected okay. because ab- abundance is all that is. That's that's the if we're talking about universal laws, universal truths, abundance is all that is. Mm-hmm. We live in an abundant universe. We live in an ab- abundance is our access. Capitalism is what says abundance is not available. That you have to earn it, that you have to prove it, that you have to strive for it, you have to hustle for it. That's a social structure. Mm-hmm. That's a financial economic structure created by humans to parse out abundance or money or wealth, right? That's not actually a universal law mm-hmm. because we know that some countries are socialists or communists, not everywhere is capitalist. Right. So we know it's not like innately human or it's not like an innate law of the universe right. that you have to hustle, right? So um, to, that to receive or worthiness, like if we think about pre-capitalistic times where people could go out to their tree or go out to the market and barter and just get what they wanted, there was abundance, right? There's an abundance of natural resources that we have enough food. We actually have enough water. We have enough land that for every human being on the face of the planet, there is no scarcity. There's just hoarding. Okay. I'm getting yes. off topic. I'm getting yes. off topic. No, that's great. <laughs> But so, so I think like if we peel back the layers and go back, abundance actually is at, is everyone's birthright, not from a place of like scarcity, but from a place of like, that's all that is, it's really available to us. And so learning to receive that allows us to just not have to know the why or the how, but we again have to drop in. So I'll give another example. I'm closing out um, right now, a contract with a, a client that I've been working with for almost a year now. And someone who knew the work that I had been doing just recommended me for it. And I slid right in and, and it's been over six figures mm-hmm. in a year, like from one client. Yep. Now this is, has been a source of abundance, but they are not the source of my abundance. Mm-hmm. They have, they are a channel through which wealth and money and, you know, resource has come, but they are not the source of it. And so if I weren't available to that, if I thought I have to hustle, I have to grind, I have to apply, I have to interview, I have to be on LinkedIn, I have to do all these things that don't feel good to me, I would I would be getting out of the flow of what's available to me. In other words, I don't need to know the how. I don't need to know the channels. I don't need to know the every single thing. I'm available for what spirit the universe source wants to give me because I know what I want. That's the other part. Like I know how I want to live. I know how I want to get paid. I know how I want to flourish and thrive. The how, I don't need to figure out every detail. And that's it. I think one of the most difficult things for people to let go of is, is the forcing of 
you know, the square into the square hole and the, okay, I can see how that fits. I can see how that works. And that that's a piece of the surrender that you're talking about too. It's, it's all of it. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Well, Laren, I could certainly chat with you about this all damn day. And, uh, I know that you probably have to get back to your alligator. Did you say alligator or crocodile? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you said alligator. Okay. Herbie, please tell everybody where, where do you hang out the most? Where can they connect with you? Anything you've got going on? Yeah. Come find me over on Instagram, Laren Alta, L-E-R-I-N-A-L-T-A. And the Black Girl Mystic universe is getting ready to launch soon. So blackgirlmystic.com, we're doing all these things around wealth and abundance and soul and surrender and tapping into everything that's available to you. I mean, this is the thing, Amy, this is the thing. Capitalism is a lie, right? It's just a lie. Mm-hmm. And so it teaches us that we, we have to like prove ourselves worthy of the lives we desire. Mm-hmm. And what I want to help people realize is that you get to just live and be available to it and receive it. Like you don't have to burn yourself out for it. You don't have to scrape yourself over coals. So anyway, we're doing all that over at blackgirlmystic.com. Oh, I love it. So everybody check that out, please. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I really appreciate it. You're such a gem. Give me a ring if I can ever support you in any way. And I will, I'll talk to you later, my friend. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, that was so fantastic to hear from her. And I truly hope that you are enjoying these conversations that I'm having with these powerful, incredible spirits. And if you've gotten a lot of value from the show, it would mean the world to me if you would take a moment and leave an iTunes review, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now, review, or whatever platform you tend to listen to. It really does, particularly with Apple Podcasts, help give the show more visibility. And it's, I think, a a little bit, a little piece of karmic cash, right? The law of reciprocity a little bit. Like, oh, hey, I want to give back. It would mean the world to me. And next week, I am going to be speaking to another brilliant human who. I also have the great fortune to be connected with in our sister circle that that I mentioned that Laren's a part of. Rodiah Rhodes is a brilliant individual who we'll be talking with about intention. And I think you'll really want to stay tuned for that conversation. So hope today was insightful for you and you had a couple of aha moments. If you did, cruise over to Insta and tell me about it. At The Joy Junkie is my handle on Insta and that's where I love to connect with all of you. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.